Christmas Day is only four days away, and my family and I have been focusing on the birth of Christ quite a bit over the past four weeks. It occurred to me that we have three different kings, as it were, mentioned in the scriptures surrounding the birth narrative of Christ. First, we have King Jesus, born to reign over the entire universe, sent to rule upon the throne of his ancestor David. One day, every knee will bow to him as either a defeated foe or a willing and joyful servant. You also have the wise men, or the kings of Orient, as the song goes, who bring their gifts to worship King Jesus, bowing before him willingly. Then we have King Herod, who represents a corrupt state grasping for power and willing to murder children to keep it. He also represents a godless culture, excelling in debauchery, excess, and sexual immorality. The question is, which will it be, friends? What do we want for our families, our churches, and our country? Will we bow before the King of Kings in humble adoration, or be no better than a petty tyrant puppet king? You see, Canada is replete with godless state officials concerned only about power and position. Canada is also under siege by pagan ideologies. If we want to see Canada bow before King Jesus, then dwell on Christmas, not just for one day, but all year long, and bring your gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and bow joyfully and publicly to our King. It's December 21st. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck, and this is Liberty Dispatch. Hey, hey, and welcome back to Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. We're so thankful that you've joined us yet again on the program. Our show is produced by Liberty Coalition Canada in partnership with Christian Week. LCC exists to establish Christ's justice and righteousness, pardon me, and to defend those who stand. Christian Week exists to provide a practical, balanced, hope-filled perspective on national and global issues. As the year comes to a close, we here at Liberty Coalition Canada need your help. Uh, It's an opportunity for you to make a difference in our country through your generosity, and it can be a catalyst for change. So we would ask that um, you would prayerfully consider leaving a donation to Liberty Coalition Canada uh, at libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate. You can scan that helpful QR code as well. We would really appreciate it. Uh, We need to raise $50,000 before the end of 2023 to ensure that our chief litigator, James Kitchen, can keep fighting the political battles, the legal battles that we need to fight to protect people's freedoms in our uh, in our country. And we need to continue to bring forward the truth into a culture filled with lies as well on the podcast. So we would really ask you to consider leaving a donation 
A gift of $2,000 would help go a long way to support our legal uh, advocacy and monthly support of the podcast through going to our analysis and shows tab uh, would help us plan for the future. It is something that we need uh, to ensure that we're continuing to bring you the news from a Christian perspective. So please join us in our mission. Your year-end donations uh, to Liberty Coalition Canada can ensure the torch of liberty continues to burn brightly in our nation again head over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate that's libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate andrew good to see you again last episode of the calendar year 2023 um good that's to be right. with you although it's been said many times many ways merry christmas <laughs> to you that's a beautiful crooning voice um yes well, everybody you. last episode of the year reach out to us mailbag at liberty coalition canada with any comments questions concerns do you want our listeners to consider anything as uh, as we move into year end here sure i think i do two things one if, if you're going to go off about the Christmas is pagan, pine trees are from Jeremiah 10, you can take that nonsense and you can uh, you can flush it down along with the YouTube videos that the Jesus myth is really about Osiris and Zeitgeist. And you can just you can just flush that garbage <laughs> away because uh, here on the dispatch, we celebrate Christmas uh, and there is ample historical support. Even the reformers were quick to get rid of a lot of elements of the church calendar like Lent. Mm -hmm. But not Christmas, not the celebration of the Incarnation. That is important. So we celebrate Christmas. We sing songs. Merry Christmas to you. Deal with it. But for a mailbag question, <laughs> what I'd love to know is what is the best Christmas present you've ever gotten? The best Ooh. ever. Mine, I'm going to cheat just a little bit because my birthday is only a couple weeks away from Christmas. So I'm going to cheat a bit. For my 25th birthday, while my wife and I were, I think we were engaged at this point. She threw me a surprise party that got that rocked me so hard that I had to sit down because my legs gave out from under me. I've never had a surprise party thrown for me like this. Wow. We were driving to Kelsey's and we pulled up to the Kelsey's that her and I had gone to for lunch forever. So I thought, oh, a nice birthday lunch. We get into Kelsey's, we turn left, the entire left side of the restaurant, like half the restaurant, full of my friends and family, like full. Uh, and it hit me so hard. I'm like, hey, that's Matt. And then like, wait, that's that. And then I just then I just had to sit down. I was, it was just like I'd woken up from surgery. Um, <laughs> and then and then this marvelous woman did it again the following year because I thought there's no way she going to two years in a row. And then the next year she did another. But this time the party, she's so sneaky. I was out to eat <laughs> with a bunch of guys, a bunch of guy friends. We were out having dinner and this is after church. And then she was at home with the girlfriends. And then right before we ordered, one of the guys got a text saying, oh, I got to go pick up Jenna. She's not feeling well. I'm like, oh, man, she's wrecked the whole night. Like, we're out here. Have <laughs> We get back to my place. There they are. She's so amazing. So that would be my favorite. Two years in a row, surprise birthday party, two weeks away from mm. Christmas. What's your favorite Christmas present? Any, any opportunity I can take to say good things about my wife, I'll take because she's, yeah. she's tremendous. But what is your <laughs> – I, I want to know, mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. Your favorite, bestest Christmas present of all time. We'd love to know. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to know. 
Just when you thought the COVID nonsense was behind us, the mainstream media is back at it with new COVID scare tactics. Some schools and hospitals and long-term care facilities in Ontario have already brought back the discredited mask mandate. And as we saw last week in the story of the never-ending COVID, the director of the CDC, the high priestess, said, wear your masks. Who knows what they're going to do? So in turbulent times, make sure your hard-earned savings are protected and managed by people you trust, people I trust, people who share your worldview and economic concerns and know how to put their clients first. We're talking about our friends over at Rocklink Investment Partners. So give them a call, 905-631-5462, or email them, info at rocklink.com. That is link with a C, as in Christmas, rocklink.com. <laughs> so as I said in the lead-in, as I've been thinking about this episode, thinking about Christmas time, we really have a narrative that kind of weaves together three different kings, as it were, in <laughs> the birth narrative of Christ. You have King Herod who's a corrupt status, but who's also godless as a pagan. And then you have King Jesus, born to rule and to reign. And then you have the the kings of Orient, the wise men, who come and bow before King Jesus, recognizing that he is the king of Israel. So the whole point of our episode, or really the threat of our episode today, is which will it be? Which of the, which of the kings will you be? The one that bows before Christ or the one that doesn't? Mm -hmm. In the hopes that we can answer this question— what kind of kings will we have in Canada? What will our rulers mm -hmm. be like? What will our country be like? What kind of culture will we have? Will it be one that bows to King Jesus? And we're going to, at the end of our episode, we're going to paint a picture. We're going to cast a vision for what a Canada could look like and what that means if we take the same posture as those wise men. Or mm -hmm. will we be like, will we be a country full of King Herods? And what will that look like? What will mm -hmm. that mean? So as we examine this, we have to talk about our federal government because Herod represents the state. He is the, the state leader, the head of state, as it were, in Israel. And so when we look at our federal government, what we see is it continues its feverish march toward full-on climate cultism, one of the new religions. So this is from Reuters. <clears throat> Quote, Canada expects to announce this week that all new cars will have to be zero emissions by 2035, a senior government source said as Ottawa is set to unveil new regulations in the latest example of countries around the world pushing for electrification. The new rules, known as the Electric Vehicle Availability Standard, always nice acronyms that sound benign, but it really communism, electric communism is what it should be, continues that the EVAS would help ensure supplies available to the Canadian market and shorten wait times to get an electric vehicle. The source told Reuters, confirming earlier media reports. The Canadian provinces of British Columbia and Quebec already have the same regulated sales targets. Zero emission vehicles, which include battery electric, plug-in, and hydrogen models, must represent 20% of all new car sales in 2026, 60% in 2030, and 100% in 2035, the source said on condition of anonymity. It's helpful to note that last year in 2022, 10% of all new car sales were EV cars. So our, our, our prime minister gloated at the success of us being ahead of schedule, but there's the schedule. In two years time, 20% of all car sales have to be electric, which is definitely forcing the market with communism. Now, apparently leaders from the automotive sector think that this is a terrible idea 
as would anyone else who despises communism and an overbloated managerial state. So this is from True North News, quote, Industry leaders from Canada's automotive sector are warning Canadians that a national transition towards electrical vehicles is premature. And that's that's putting it mildly. It really, it's 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 stupid. It's 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 asinine. It's inane would be better words than premature. But they have to be a little softer to continue. They warned in a press conference that Canada is not ready for the Trudeau government's desired transition away from combustion engine vehicles because consumers are not accepting the transition. And the government is not has not set the preconditions for EVs to succeed in the market. The representatives included Tim Roos of the Canadian Automotive Dealers Association, Brian Kingston of the Canadian Vehicle Manufacturers Association, and David Adams of Global Automakers of Canada. Quote, with the current high interest rates and high inflation severely impacting consumer affordability, Many consumers lack the means to purchase EVs as evidenced by the rising inventory levels on our dealers' lots today, close quote, said Roos. Yeah, you can barely afford to buy a $5,000 jalopy. Who's going to go drop a hundred grand on an EV? It's, it's, it's silly. Quote, instead of attempting to dictate what individuals have to purchase, we suggest government focus on creating the right set of circumstances to stimulate demand. Roos went on to warn that EV mileage sees a significant reduction when temperatures drop below freezing and that rural Canadians would be disproportionately impacted. As previously reported by True North, the range of electric vehicles can plummet precipitously by as much as 41% in cold weather. Oh, and by the way, if you happen to be living in New Brunswick right now and you won't have power until the weekend... We'll see how well that EV helps you out there because <laughs> yeah. either it's not going to start either it's not going to start because it's too cold or it would start except for the fact that you have no power and your pellet stove can't charge your Tesla and you're 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 snookered. So yeah, no, it is a very silly thing. Well, and we're talking about something that is totally absurd to right? like people have pointed out the fact that to make the green leap into the future for the fourth industrial revolution, we don't even have enough like lithium ion to, 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 to support a global transition in this way. Um, you know, Ford don't you just worry, recently- Matt, the progressive left, the progressive left is hard at work at employing slave labor <laughs> yes, and destroying well. the environment in the Congo in order to mine that. As long as we don't have to see hazardous toxic materials in flip flops, they're Mm -hmm. they're hard at work to make sure you can get your EVs while they decimate an entire country and kill people along the way. Yay for the left. And the the, the fact of the matter is, uh, like, uh, you know, it's it's an open secret that the transition to all these electric vehicles is going horribly. Um, even Ford is coming out. They were all for this green revolution moving forward with these electric vehicles. And they're like these representative of these automotive uh, companies. They're saying, you know, we're not selling these things. <laughs> Nobody's interested in, the, interested in these and they can't afford them. Uh, so it's it's... It's absurd that our government in this fascistic, almost mercantilistic way is forcing the market to 
like they're trying to create incentive structures to force the market to the end that they want to get to, even if that end is totally unrealistic. And people who know that it is, they're waving the white flag saying, don't, no, don't do this. But don't, the issue's never the issue. The issue's always the revolution. Don't let uh, sense get in the way of a revolution. But Andrew, forcing... Canadians to buy EVs that they don't want um, that would cripple and ruin us, especially in cold weather. I'm from Winterpeg. Um, I'm not rushing out to get an EV anytime soon. That's evil enough. But how about using taxpayer dollars in order to convince social media influencers to push experimental COVID gene therapy injections on you, the taxpayer? That's also evil. Yeah. <laughs> well, our federal government didn't disappoint. What would you expect? This is from the post-millennial. The Trudeau government has paid out $682,000 to influencers on Twitter, now known as X, since 2021 to try and convince Canadians to take the COVID-19 vaccine and embrace liberal policies. Unbelievable. According to Blacklock's reporter, Health Canada has been a major contributor to this stealth paid advertising campaign. The campaign description states that it is an influencer campaign to help people in Canada make informed decisions about COVID-19 vaccines. It's it's. Propaganda for the 21st century. There you go. Expenditures relate to work by the agency, including planning, material development, influence, outreach, and liaison, updates, content monitoring, uh, content monitoring, evaluation, and as a management of pay payments to influencers. So we have a picture here of just what we're talking about. Um, I don't know these people, um, probably because I'm not a crazy leftist, but apparently these are Canadian influencers who partook in the campaign um, to push the narrative and basically eat can up. I, our... uh, can I, can I read their, um, yeah. their, their script? I mean, clearly this was, this was sent, and the Big Brother, Big Brother via the Ministry of Truth, gave them the mm -hmm. script, like issued the new, the new dictionary for for Newspeak, and so mm -hmm. this is this is the first one here. Hey Canada, flex, flex. Yeah. yeah, okay. You only get one shot. Do not miss your chance. Well, technically two shots, but you know what I mean. Well, technically eight shots, buffoon. <laughs> yeah. Technically eight shots. How about nine shots? How about the tenth shot, which is a COVID shot and the flu shot combined? How about the twentieth shot? I think he needs to update this tweet. Sorry yeah. if I was a little little strong there in my language, but this, by the way, showcases the madness of it. Because if you see mm -hmm. the date of that tweet, to that that Instagram post, May 19, twenty twenty one. Remember when everyone thought it was just two shots, but now we're up to ten shots. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. yeah, they duped these people. Let me tell you. So let's do our mm -hmm. part to help stop the spread of COVID nineteen. Even though we know the jabs don't stop the spread, we know that now. That's a fact. 
I want you to join the This Is Our Shot Challenge and tag your friends and family to see all of the willing, compliant sheep and statists. Sorry, no, no, sorry. To get vaccinated, that's what he said. Let's all get the shot and get back to doing the things we love. And then below him, this person said, yes, got my second dose. It's going to be <laughs> such a good summer. Because that's what you talk like when you're all in caps. Um, um, so there it is. Oh, yeah. Question, I, I love Andrew. the comment. Look at the comment. Look at the comment there. Two-wheel warrior. Paid shill. Bingo. Yeah. Nailed Seriously. it. <laughs> little did he know. Little did he know that this person actually was a paid shill. Well, that's fantastic. That's the interesting part because, uh, you know, not that I use Instagram very much, um, but I'm pretty sure that it's incumbent on people who are doing paid advertisements for companies to state in their post that this, this advertisement is a, has been paid for by. Yep. Yeah. To, so I'm interested in the what fact would they that say, though, what would they say? This advertisement has been paid for by you. <laughs> well, Canadian. no, but thanks. But I think appropriately, they would have to say that this is a paid initiative on behalf of the federal government of Canada um, to make it very clear that um, they, they aren't doing this without financial kickback and without the um, support of our federal governments, that they are an agent, not an independent influencer on Instagram, but an, an, an agent of the federal government in this advertisement. That's the thing that's so confusing to me because – even in Canada, I don't know if you've seen um, product commercials for pharma products. They can't even like tell you what they do. They just say, this is the name of the product. Uh, ask your doctor about it. Uh, but apparently, if you're the federal government, you can take out hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of dollars uh, for advertisements and then literally not talk about any of the side effects. Uh, you can literally just go on talking about how great this well, big pharma product is. Remember last year? Last year we covered around Christmas time that awful, mm -hmm. disturbing commercial where Teresa Tam was apparently speaking to Mrs. Claus about oh, yeah. how her and Santa had their shots. I forgot. So about that again, that. <laughs> that that's right. I know you. Yeah. I didn't. I know you did. It's but that's burned propaganda. In here. Propaganda paid for by us. Yeah. No. Exactly. And and that's the that's the absurd reality of of what we're seeing here. The government's partaking in the very actions that it would not allow anybody in the free market to engage in. Right. So that's. That's the really, you know, gut shot of this whole situation is we have a government who's using the sword power to force market behaviors to people. So we don't have a free market economy like you can't blame capitalism for anything that goes bad with the economy because we've long since been um what they call the mixed economy, which is just a slowly evolving socialist hellhole. Um, we've Are been you in allowed that to say mixed economy. Does it have to be economy <laughs> of color? I'm wondering what's the technical. Yeah, maybe you know. Can the, you say mixed economy? Well, they don't use that terminology anymore because they're beyond that, right? We're not dealing with modern a blend, liberals. A yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. 
also known as a fascistic uh, uh, economy. But nevertheless, it's just amazing to see that um, all these leftists are so concerned about uh, free market monopolies. Uh, but realistically, the monopoly since its inception was a, a government grant for exclusive rights to an industry. It was the government who was using the sword power to enrich private businesses. And that's what we're returning to. And, and the, the sad part is, um, Mercantilism, which was very much that way, uh, um, fascism, uh, these public-private partnerships, these this corporatism, it's always led to great tumult and plenty of wars in the world. The free market economy, individuals being free to trade according to their best interest and their value system with other free individuals is an uncoercive marketplace. But what these socialists and communists are calling for is an extraordinarily forced commanded and controlled marketplace backed by the sword power of the government. And they think they're the peaceful ones. We have to be able to cut down that narrative and say, guys, look, you're literally asking for the power of the government's sword to enter into every transaction that Canadian citizens do. And there could not be anything more violent in Canadian society than that. That's the reality of it. Anyways, continuing on, a March 31st, 2022 report from the CTV News also indicates that the Trudeau government had used social media influencers throughout its federal departments and had spent just over $600,000 at the time to promote the vaccine and other government ventures. There you go. (laughs) Propaganda for the 21st century. The CTV story appears to applaud the Liberals' initiative, claiming that seeking out influencers and social media users, often with large followings, who often use their platform to make money by promoting uh, products or events to amplify government messages, is a relatively new strategy being deployed by administrations across the world, and Canada is no exception. Except they they don't seem to have to play by the same rules as a, a shampoo company, which is yeah, we've, insane. We have found a new way. We have found a new way to be Marxists. We found a new <laughs> way. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's a new mm-hmm. way. Okay. Of course, well, the CTV would celebrate it. Yes. Celebrate <laughs> it joyfully. Speaking about celebration, this Christmas season, why not give the gift of financial freedom and sovereignty to your loved ones with Bitcoin, an uncensorable network programmed around digital scarcity where the individual is in full control and accountable for his own property. As Canada's most trusted Bitcoin exchange since 2013, Bull Bitcoin is a completely self-funded company led and operated by incorruptible activists for individual liberties and freedom. At Bull Bitcoin, security and privacy are their top priority. Customers' funds are transferred directly to their Bitcoin wallet where they have complete control. 
With Bull Bitcoin, you never run the risk of losing your money. You own the money. Head to mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC today and get started with your accounts creation. And don't forget to contact Bull's best in the business customer support team at any point for assistance in the process. That's mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. As we approach Christmas, we have seen the state function as Herod as it reaches for more power and is corrupt in its rule over the people. Next, like I said earlier, we want to zero in on broader Canadian culture functioning as Herod through its desire to murder children, destroy children, and worship any and all gods except for the true and living God of the scriptures. In Canada, not only is it illegal to tell sexual sinners to stop sinning and turn to Christ, apparently it could be illegal for calling them out on their sins and their sinful intentions. This is from the Counter Signal. The Ontario, the Ontario Superior Court of Justice has ruled that referring to drag queens as groomers does not fall under Canada's protected speech laws, setting up potential defamation lawsuits against anyone who uses the term. The ruling comes in the case of Rainbow Alliance Dryden et al. v. Webster, where Justice Nikars determined that such statements perpetuate harmful stereotypes and do not constitute expression on a matter of public interest. Justice Nikars ruled that, quote, it is reasonable to conclude that the suggestion that drag performers are groomers merely because of their sexual or performance identity is defamatory. The case involves a small Andrew, town pride organization. Where where have we heard that language before? <laughs> right? I perpetuate harmful stereotypes. That's oh, we're getting there. Don't C4, worry. Baby. We're getting there. Unbelievable. Yep. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna get there. So the case involves a small town pride organization, Rainbow Alliance Dryden, and the local drag king who filed a defamation action against Brian Webster a Thunder Bay Facebook blogger. The plaintiffs took Webster to court after he made a Facebook post, which was shared on a page with a substantial readership in Northwestern Ontario, where he accused Rad, it's Rainbow Lions Dryden, of sexualizing children and recruiting them into the 2S LGBTQI community. So it's true. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's the whole, the whole goal is and they'll tell you it, it, right out of their mouths if it should be normal mm -hmm. it, sh it shouldn't weird you out this is a normal thing so normalizing something is the same as desensitizing and mm. you're desensitizing to what dress makeup and activity that mm -hmm. is sexual in its nature that is designed to heighten certain sexual characteristics and who are they performing for Children. children just do the math yeah. man just do the <laughs> you could draw your own listen i'm not i'm not trying to recruit children into isis but here's what i'm doing i'm giving them guns i'm showing them <laughs> how to use the guns yeah i'm also showing them movies and propaganda sh highlighting the the evil godless nature of the west and how they've been destroying our people for millennia and how in order to obey our God, we must be faithful and we must destroy our enemies before they destroy us. But I'm not recruiting kids into ISIS. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. no, no. You can't assume that just because of what I'm saying or what I'm doing. Actually, that's exactly what we can do. 
we can we can we can say this is what you're saying and this is what you're doing and here's the intention because unlike drag performers that live in a gnostic reality where the physical reality doesn't match up with their perceived reality we live in the we live in the real world but when you say something and do something it means something tangible and so without a doubt the goal is to normalize children and desensitize them toward things of a particular sexual nature that's mm -hmm. that's a fact could we show the videos of the drag performers testicles Absolutely. out dancing on poles yeah. money being put kids putting money inside their underwear oh no no, no. Yeah. you can't say we're groomers all right okay groomer whatever yeah yeah exactly justice nakers is a groomer for putting up with this uh this nonsense it's crazy um and you have to be totally devoid of, of common sense. But that's also obviously what Bill C4 allowed, right? It allowed for the conversion of anybody at any time into the 2S LGBTQ plus pedo community. Um, but it did not. You think we'll be able to sue someone, by the way, if they say that we are a Christo-fascist, white supremacist, <laughs> Christian nationalist, Euro-colonialist. Do you think that if someone said, which by the way, I've been called, I've been called racist yeah. and, and Christo-fascist before. Do you yeah. think if someone you, says that I could sue them? What do you think Justice Nate Cards would say? Oh, yeah. no, no, that's protected speech because you're a <laughs> yeah. white dude. Yeah. Who just actually because... wants to do what's good for our country. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I doubt he would, or she, I don't know, um, would. Don't assume their gender. Yeah, exactly. The person might that's dress up and drag on the weekends. We don't yeah. know. We don't know. Yeah, it's it's like it's it's doubtful that the the same justice would say it's reasonable to conclude that this is suggestion that um, Christians are Christo fascists merely because of their religious or political identity, and that that would be defamatory. It, it it the ratchet only goes one way, and it's to right. lack of free speech, progressive values, and if you don't share them, we will punish you and cripple you. And that's exactly how Bill C four is written, and that is what the bill, which was championed by every single party in Canadian policy uh, politics in in um. In Parliament right now, um, this is the culture that it's created, and that's extraordinarily dangerous. But Andrew, not only do the courts um, are, are not only are they saying it's bad to call out the sexualization of children, we also have elected officials saying they fully support the murder of innocent preborn babies. The same, and just so we're clear, these are the same officials. That voted in favor of Bill C four. These are the same people, yes. right? Yeah. Oh so yeah, not surprising. For sexualizing yeah, children, the ones that aren't killed in the womb. Uh, that's mm -hmm. that's what we need to understand. And the crazy part, Andrew, is when we say this, we're not talking about the liberals and the NDPs and the Greens and the Bloc Quebec call. That that's that's a given, right? we already know that these parties support child sacrifice um, and they support the continued performance of child sacrifice with absolutely no legal restrictions. Um, but what we're talking about, Andrew, is the conservative leader, Pierre Polyev. Um, and this is from LifeSite News. 
a conservative party leader, Pierre Polyev's wife, has revealed that she and her husband fully support killing babies through abortion in Canada. Quote, we are pro-choice, Anita Polyev Galindo, wife of Conservative Party leader Pierre Polyev, told French media outlet TVA Nouvelles on December 11th. Quote, we have spoken out on this, she continued. I am a woman from Quebec. I grew up here and it's part of my values to kill children. Sorry, that's not in there, but Let's read between the lines. Polyev has been previously red-lighted by CLC, which rates politicians uh, on their commitment to pro-life and pro-family values, noting that in the 2022 leadership debates, Polyev flatly stated that he is pro-choice and pro-choix on abortion in both official languages. Similarly, Polyev supports homosexual marriage, so-called, and vowed to never introduce pro-life legislation. So you know, when keep you say that pro in schwab, mind. That sounds like Klaus Schwab. Yeah, when you well, said pro-schwab, well. that's like Klaus Schwab. Is there something there? <laughs> <laughs> can someone can someone get some lead string and yes. connect these things here? I'll, well, I just want to note because I want I want to take every opportunity to do this. What she said, <laughs> I grew up in Quebec. It's one of our values. That reminded me of the conversation you and I had with Maxime Bernier, where that, that was the same justification he gave for why he's never really considered this yeah. before. He said, "I'm from Quebec. This was never an issue for us. This was just you know this was accepted." And to his credit, to his credit. He'll at least come out and say sex selective and late term abortions are are evil, which is uh, inconsistent, foundationless. But it's right, right? He's he's right. They are evil. But he doesn't mm-hmm. have any justification for them. This so here, if you need proof, I'm going to tip my cards a little, and I'll say that the opinions the opinions of Andrew DiBartolo do in no way, shape, or form represent the opinions of Liberty Coalition Canada as a whole or organization. <laughs> Let's get this out of the way now. This is me personally. If you love the Lord Jesus, and if you want to cast a vote that the Lord is pleased with, not one that he'll tolerate, not a vote where the Lord will plug his nose and say, I guess, I mean, you had no choice. You have to, right? I can deal with that. As if that's the God that we serve, who merely just tolerates it, as opposed to the God who not only had to slay people for their sinfulness but had to pour his wrath fully upon his own son mm-hmm. in order to atone for the sins of us rebels that's the god we're dealing mm-hmm. with not the god who plugs mm-hmm. his nose but the god who has a very very strong disposition towards sin and especially so those who shed innocent blood and who harm the weakest and most vulnerable uh, and we, we can say that preborn child are at the top of that list so when you go cast your vote what will please the Lord? This person's good on the economy. This person's good on the Marxism. This person's good on the gender stuff. This person's good on digital ID. This person's going to ax the tax. This person has no problem with babies being murdered inside of their mothers every year. That mm-hmm. does not please the Lord. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. I don't care how you spin it. That does not please the Lord, and you shouldn't do it. 
We mm-hmm. cannot join in that. We cannot join in those who support Moloch worship. And I will say, again, this is me. There's one federal party, top to bottom, that has mm-hmm. no room for the slaughter of innocent babies, but that is also pro-marriage as God has designed it, mm-hmm. and is also very much against all of the extreme sex sexualization and Marxism, and that's a Christian heritage party. So I'm not telling mm-hmm. you who to vote for, but what I am telling you is this. When you go cast your vote, will you vote for a man in Polyev and his party that has no problems with murdering babies and said nothing when the, 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 the table was set for pastors to be arrested for counseling sexual mm-hmm. sinners? Will you vote for someone like a Maxime Bernier who might be good on a lot of stuff, but who is okay with 80,000 of the babies that are murdered each year? Mm-hmm. Or will you vote for someone that may not tick all of your boxes, might not be charismatic? Oh, they're not going to win. Is that what we're after as Christians? Are mm-hmm. we playing the pragmatics game? Or are we principled in doing what honors the Lord and what pleases our King? Do what mm-hmm. pleases the Lord. If that, and that if You be obedient. Let God deal with the, the well, results. It's, okay? it's important to – that. those comments are important because we have to understand reactionaries are revolutionaries too. Um, and the, the fact of the matter is <laughs> what are we aiming at as a – as a country in our politics better than Justin Trudeau? Really? That's not hard to do. That's, that's not a high bar. Uh, uh, Is that all we're aiming at? Are we being pragmatists? Like you're, you're suggesting that all that we need to do right now is get this guy out and then Mm -hmm. we'll get to the real policy debates and stuff like that. I don't think that honors God in voting in casting a vote for someone who, I mean, they're proud of the fact that they are supportive of the same godless Herodian attitude as Justin Trudeau. It's yep. just a, it's what did it's the not- Lord say when Israel said we want a king like the other kings? Now, obviously, they wanted mm-hmm. a king better than the other kings, right? Yes. We, we we want our guy to be better. Than mm-hmm. Nebuchadnezzar, we want our guy to be better than the the king of the Assyrians, but mm-hmm. we want him to be like him. So if you're going to vote for a king, a leader who's who's maybe better than Justin Trudeau, but mm-hmm. like him in so many ways, yeah. what's the Lord's response? Fine, fine, I will give you your king, your way. Mm-hmm. You stubborn, rebellious people, and he will tax you heavily. He will send your kids off to war. And you will see chaos in the kingdom because I'll give you what you want. Please, and oh it, please, for the sake of our nation, don't 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 be like Israel. Don't, and is don't, that don't not want a king like the other kings? Th- that's ostensibly the principle that's uh, put out in the juxtaposition of Saul and and David. Right? You had a guy in Saul who was the chosen of the people. He was. The guy, he was handsome, taller, more mighty. Like, humanly speaking, he was the perfect candidate for being a king. And even when Samuel goes after he's being disinherited to the household of David, he's looking at David's elder brothers and he's saying, like, this is a good guy. This this guy, he cuts it. And then God says, no, I don't look on the outside. I look in the inside. I want a king after my own heart. Oh. That's what God is focused on. And how often 
do we see in the scriptures that God brings judgment on Israel because they're putting their faith not in God and they're not being faithful to him, but they're putting their faith and trust in man through strategic political calculations. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. What's going to be, what's going to help us win the war the best and in our own might, as opposed to, you know, the story of Gideon where God says too many, too many. Yeah. You need to know it's me that does it, not you that does it. Well, and and for people to understand, we, we, we look at the, um, prophecies in Isaiah 7, Isaiah 9 uh, of the coming Messiah. Well, Israel was in that very same state. They were putting their faith and trust in political machinations and alliances and not putting their faith and trust in God. And in the midst of that, God says, I'm sending my guy. (laughs) You have faith in these guys. I'm sending my guy on the scene. Um, and I think that, that that's why it's important for us to realize that if we're going to put our trust in men, in kings, in princes, in casting a strategic vote, vote instead of being faithful, we're putting our trust in the wrong things. And we're and if you, no and I wanna, better than than these yep, pragmatists just, and these secularists. And I just, I just want to wrap this up before we move on by saying mm-hmm. if you think – if your posture is, if we get Trudeau out and Polyev wins or Bernier wins, then as a nation we'll be blessed because they'll pull back the carbon tax, they'll pull back the, 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 the indoctrination of children via Marxist curriculum, they'll, they'll, pull, they'll pull back the digital ID, so we'll be blessed, but we won't be blessed though. We won't actually be blessed. If you want to see God's blessing upon our nation, it's not through short-term political wins. You really want to see God bless our nation? Then do what seems illogical and what seems to be counterintuitive to those of us who are so bent on fixing the situation ourselves. Mm -hmm. Cast your vote with principle, integrity, and do what pleases the Lord. And you might be saying, yeah, but this guy or this party will never win. It's a wasted vote. Well, then, my friends, you don't understand the way the Lord works. You don't Mm -hmm. understand the way he has operated throughout history. If you want to see the blessing of God upon our nation, then we need to start doing what pleases him. Because if we continue to do what we think is best for us, even though we know it doesn't please the Lord, if you think for a second he's going to bless that, then you are sorely mistaken. You want to see God bless our country? Start Mm -hmm. living as principled Christians with integrity, engaged in costly obedience, doing what it appears to be useless and hopeless in man's eyes. We -hmm. trust the Lord for the results. Well, what we're that's free. That's about, a free gift to you for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't in the script, but we we felt <laughs> the need to go through this. It's important. Um, we're going from worship of Moloch um, to worship of other false gods. Let us start with the false god, the false god, Allah. Okay, so pro-Hamas and pro-destruction of Israel protests have been growing all over the world, including here in Canada, especially 
in our large uh, urban areas. People are openly calling for the extermination of the Jewish people and the Jewish state, right? From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. It's a genocidal uh, chant, without a doubt. What's more, they're openly threatening police officers with violence and murder. And this took place place at Eaton Center in downtown Toronto and it's actually a pretty 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 shocking video uh let's watch it here So there you have lovely, lovely. You remember when? Uh, remember when all those truckers? Yeah, remember when all those truckers and homeschool moms were swearing <laughs> at police officers and threatening to kill them? Remember no. that when they with their no, face? I, I remember. It I remember happen. being in Ottawa. <laughs> no, I remember being in Ottawa. And I remember being in Ottawa when they were they were waving uh, pro murderous flags in support of the genocide of an entire nation of people, mm -hmm. and then they were, their faces were covered because they were all cowards. Mm -hmm. And then they were threatening police officers like to murder them and put them six feet deep and swearing at them because mm -hmm. they knew if they did anything like that, the police would do nothing in return. Oh, no. The way it went down is they were singing, oh, Canada, waving flags and celebrating their freedoms. And it was police officers that beat them mercilessly and were lawless in their actions. That's right. I, I totally remember that uh, I have zero trust for uh, police officers at this point and almost no well, respect I mean, because of what they've done in the last couple of years. It's like, there's a thread left, just yeah. a thread left. If there's that much. Well, I think you make a good point, right? Because what we're seeing there is actively a, a crime. You can't utter <laughs> violent threats. Can't call a drag. Can't call a drag queen a groomer. Cause that'll get you in trouble. Saying the drag queen is a groomer, on, on that's the internet. illegal. Threatening, yeah, threatening a police officer, eh, that's fine. Whatever. 
We're yeah. good. To his face. We're he good. was just standing there. He yeah. walked by him. <laughs> he started uttering literal threats to this police officer, which then created a crowd of masked up, insane um, terror supporters uh, who were then threatening these police officers. Instead of these police officers doing something about it, um, they do nothing about it. And this is not the top story on any mainstream media outlet uh, because we don't, obviously we don't we've seen nation, the double standard. If we don't think our nation should bow to Christ... If we don't think our nation should be like those kings of Orient that bow to Christ, this mm -hmm. is what you get. Yeah. This is what you Absolutely. get. Absolutely. Yeah, and it doesn't stop there. So celebrating we've we've seen this, we covered this on a past episode. Apparently celebrating Christmas in Canada is a vestige of white supremacy and colonial of course, violence yep, of and religious intolerance. Um, threatening police officers, calling for their murder and the murder of Jews. That's acceptable. Um, and apparently setting up shrines to Satan in state U.S. state legislatures, also fine. Um, also, apparently, Andrew, building a massive idol statue to a Hindu false god is also fine in doing it in yeah. public. Uh, this is from the Toronto Sun. A 55-foot-tall statue of a Hindu deity is being built in Brampton and is said to be completed by 2024. Indian sculptor Naresh Kumat is crafting what will be Canada's largest statue of a Hindu god. The sculpture is already outside Hindu Sabha Mandir. I'm so bad at these words. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. But while it has yet to be officially unveiled, people stopped by to take videos and pictures of the huge statue. And uh, let's let's check out Andrew. Uh, what what the statue is all about? There it is. Ooh, that's. That's an that's an idol, a fancy looking idol, uh, but an idol nevertheless. Um, and for those who can't see it, it's a it's a very large man. <laughs> uh, it's a monkey. It's a monkey god. It's very confusing. It's a monkey, there's there's, there's thousands of gods god. in the Hindu pantheon. Yeah. So let's can we just put that picture? But I want to put that picture back up. Yes. Yeah. Because when I want to read, I want to read the comments here uh, from what uh what's supposed to pass for conservative journalism in in our country so uh the article continues the the article from the toronto sun continues with comments by conservative journalists that because she hates god and has rejected christ she's foolish in her thinking and she's unable to see what's really going on here which is to be expected from pagans this is what we see quote while many people are happy to pose alongside the giant god, some questioned the need for it, while others brought up the fact that the statue of Sir Johnny MacDonald is still boarded up in a box at Queen's Park and will be for the foreseeable future. However, journalist Rupa Subramania pointed out that the Hanuman statue is on a place of worship's private property paid for by the donations 
and other private monies and violates no city zoning regulations or bylaws. This is what she had to say on X. This is a moronically stupid post about the Sir John A. Macdonald statue boarded up and this one's out in the open. I've seen many versions of this, she continues, which sadly can only be described as mindless and ignorant. And some of their posts I've seen on the same subject certainly come across as bigoted. She sounds like a leftist, by the way, all of a sudden. For one thing, it sets up a false dichotomy between the cancellation of Sir John A. in the public square and the building of religious statues in private places of worship. Ah, okay. The cancellation of Sir John A. is directly the result of the progressive left, which believes that Canada and Sir John A. in particular are irredeemably racist. The Hindu demigod Hanuman has nothing to do with the cancellation of Sir John A. by the progressive left. I'll say there, she's wrong. She's dead wrong in that point. But of course she's wrong because as a pagan, her foolish heart is darkened and she's unwise in her thinking. I, she continues, like many Hindu Canadians, abhor the cancellation of Sir John A., but I scratch my head and wonder what the hell it has to do with Hindu mythology. Posts such as this are aiming at the wrong target. Now, are they what she can't see, what she can't see is that it is the same target. It is the same target because all false religions have Satan as their source. All of them, the Marxists and the Hindus, they worship the same person, Satan. And his goal is to use any and all means to rob the Lord of the glory due his name and lead others to worship all manner of false gods. The target is also the erasure of the Christian church and Christian influence upon the culture. So Rupa, with respect to some of the good work she's done, in her spiritual blindness, cannot see that this is just another prong on the pitchfork. Right? It may be a different prong, but it's the same pitchfork. It's the same weapon that's aimed at the bride of Christ and the destruction of Western culture and the elevation of all other false gods and all other mm -hmm. false religions. So Pastor Jacob Rayom at Trinity Bible Chapel, and we've linked to this, he mm -hmm. had some great insight into this whole issue and his blog post on specifically this topic, including an extended discussion about Rupa Subramanya's comments are quite quite insightful and i would i would recommend everyone to click the link and read his blog post it is it is a it is a worthy read in this cultural climate yeah and and i think his comments are going to point to the fact that um all these journalists even if they're ostensibly conservative and politicians um they're dispositionally conservative. They're not presuppositionally conservative. Um, and it's things like this where that comes out. Uh, but this is what uh, Jacob had to say on his blog. Multiculturalism was a ruse. Like Rupa Subramanya did in defense of Brampton's newest eyesore, multiculturalism equates Christian churches with Hindu idolatry and Christian laws with Islamofascism. That's what multiculturalism is. It's the leveler of Christian civilization. It declares that beauty and ugliness are the same. That 
was the Trudopian vision. It also is the vision of Rupa Supramanya. It's also the vision she espouses. It's the secular vision that all cultures are equal. All cultures are equal except the culture of the people who call all cultures equal. That culture is extra equal, and it happens to be the culture of Trudeau and Supermania, the multicultural culture. Disagree with the multicultural culture, and then your culture is racist and bigoted. Decisions have consequences and here we are. With sin comes ugliness and the rejection of Christ for multiculturalism was sin. Brampton's monkey man God is ugly, unsightly, monstrous, grim, obnoxious, foul, horrid, hideous, and appalling. And it's offensive to God. Multiculturalism is an ugly disaster, Brampton's idol being only a fraction of that ugly disaster, and it will only get worse or be replaced by something far worse unless we repent to God for what we've become by our own choices. That includes repenting for the murder of children in the room. It includes repenting for tolerating sodomy. It includes repenting for murdering the sick under the pretense of made medical assistance in dying. It includes representing, uh, sorry, repenting for sending children to schools that promote Darwinian evolution and trannies. It includes repenting for abandoning the Ten Commandments as the basement as the basis of law and human rights. And repentance also includes reducing monkey man idols to ash and rubble. Well said, Jacob. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this, this is the world. This is the Canada we get. If we are not bowing as individuals and a nation to King Jesus, Mm -hmm. We will be bowing to some other god or gods. That is inevitable. Theocracies are unavoidable. And the question is which god, and apparently in Canada, the gods we bow to are mm -hmm. the god of transianity, the god of climate cultism, mm -hmm. and, and now apparently Hindu gods are also on display along with the god of, of, of Muslim terrorism. And the, like, all these gods, all, mm -hmm. again, which really is Satan. It's yes. really Satan behind all of it. And it should be noted that no, the worship of no other God in the public sphere has led to the freedoms that we as Canadians love and enjoy. Hinduism, nope. Secularism, nope. All these new pagan modern religions, nope. They're tyrannical statist and they really hold to the idea that the state is the divine representation of man on earth and it's almost you know it is essentially god itself if you don't want to live in that world you need to there's only one choice be like the magi bow to christ okay. Okay. What if there was a way to trade your resources and skills for whatever things you need and want without using money 
Well, that's exactly what we have with Barterit, a web app where anyone can connect person to person and barter with each other. You don't have to keep track of who owes what, and you won't get the headaches that come with straight one-on-one -on -one bartering. Just create your profile on the Barterit web app, offer up your skills or products to earn bits in your private wallet, and use your bits with anyone else in the Barterit community. $1 Canadian is equal to one bit for valuation purposes. You can head over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter and click on barter it for individuals to learn more and sign up today. Become a VIP and you'll get $1,500 worth of perks and bonuses, including 1,000 bits for only $197. Join the community, libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter. So here at the end of our episode, mm -hmm. we're left with three choices, really. As individuals and as a country, do we want Herod by the way of a corrupt and evil state? Do we want Herod by way of godless pagan ideologies? Or do we want our kings to bow to Christ and give him the worship and honor that he deserves? Um, you have to decide. Individual. Individual in your family, you have to decide. Which king will it be and which king will you be? Will you mm -hmm. be the kings of Orient that bow to Christ? Or will you be Herod, the statist, or Herod, the licentious pagan? Which king will you raise your children to be? What kinds of kings and rulers do we want in Canada? And what will we do in order to see that happen? So as we wrap up this episode, we just wanted to chat a little bit, thinking about the Christmas season, thinking about all that it entails. And and really flesh this out just a little bit. So we're we're gonna we're gonna step away from the news a little bit, and we're just gonna we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about how it is that we in our lives, in our in, as individuals, in our families, in our churches, and then by God's grace expanding out into our country, how we can be like the kings that bow to Christ, so mm -hmm. that our kings and our rulers might also bow to Christ as the culture of our country is changed and so but andrew as we hold think on. about christmas hold on yep. before we get too far afield here you keep calling us kings what why do you use that language well i um i i use that language for for a couple of reasons one when i'm thinking about the story obviously we don't something like we, we don't rule over nations in in the in the way that kings do but in in the story Really, Herod and the, the the wise men, even though they are kings, as it were, they're just men. They're mm -hmm. just men ultimately before God that whatever authority they have, whatever dominion they have, it's been given to them by God. Mm -hmm. And so by way of the analogy, you know, for those of us, the truth is that we also in our various spheres, we rule. Yeah. As men, as husbands, as fathers, as elders. And so we've been given a measure of authority and mm -hmm. we're to use that well in our homes, in our families, in our churches, and so really the analogy is here you have these characters that will take whatever authority they have, whatever rule they have over their life and the lives of those under them. And some of them will then submit that to the king of kings and say he is the Lord. Mm -hmm. And others will say, no, I am the Lord. And yeah. then when a nation is full of people that say I am the Lord, then the nation mm -hmm. is full of leaders that say I am the Lord. But when mm -hmm. the nation is full of people that say no, Christ is Lord then the nation is full of leaders that say Christ is Lord. Yeah. So it has to yeah. start, and this this is the part of the answer, it has to start, and this is the glory of the incarnation. 
-hmm. the incarnation is not God ruling top down, as it were, and enforcing by way of controlling people's activities, his kingdom. Mm -hmm. It is a God who humbles himself by taking on the form of a child who is king. He is called mm -hmm. king. He is prophesied as king. He is declared king from the very beginning. But he humbles himself as a child in order that he might rule and reign, which is mm -hmm. the goal. And that's, and and that's so the economy he, of the cross, right? Humiliation, service leads to exaltation. Right. Mm -hmm. See a man diligent in his work. He'll stand before kings. Christ set forth the model of servant sacrificial leadership and having kings who rule over their domain that God set forth for them. Even there, if it's just their own household, their church, their business, whatever it might be, who are understanding that all authority is delegated them by God and they have to work and lead worshipfully as a servant of the true King, um, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Um, that is how we turn the tide in our culture and that we would expect that our political rulers would understand okay. that all the authority that they've been given comes from God and that they have a responsibility to lead and rule according to a standard. They, they just don't get to make it up themselves. It's not Rex Lex, it's Lex Rex, the, the law of God. That's the higher law that is king. And we have to hold ourselves accountable to that and our, our, our governing authorities. And the, the, the order of things is not top down, it's bottom up. Yes. Right. When exactly. Jesus, when, 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 when James and John and really their mom says, Lord, can you make it so that my king, my, my sons will sit one at your right hand, one at your left when yeah. you come in your kingdom, Jesus basically rebukes them and then says, listen, the rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over their people. Mm -hmm. They are, they are, they are, they are authoritarian mm -hmm. in the way that they rule top down, but that's not how it's supposed to be among you. That if yeah. you want to be great, you must be the least. If you want to be first, you must be last. And so when we, mm -hmm. we think about the political world, we I want to see with all of my heart a nation where our kings bow to Christ in humble, mm -hmm. joyful submission. But the way to get that is not from the top down. The way mm -hmm. to get that is not let's just control everyone and make all the right laws and force them to obey. We don't even see that modeled in the incarnation. Mm -hmm. The incarnation is God not saying, I will now string you along like puppets and force you to do what I want or you're, you're gonna, I'm going to blow you up. But it's God who humbles, who enters in from the ground up, literally from the smallest growing into a man, bringing about his kingdom, gathering his people through discipleship and through fellowship and through teaching, through costly obedience, and then the seed that is the kingdom of God is planted in the time of Christ. And then it grows and grows and grows as God gathers in his elect. And as the people of God are hopeful that the gospel will impact the culture. So our, mm -hmm. we can't just say, let's vote the right guy in. Let's change the political system top down. Cause you know who does that? The left does that. Mm -hmm. The rulers of the Gentiles operate that way top down. Yes. But what we need to do is say, no, we start from the bottom up with our children and, with our and churches. Andrew, 
this is this has led to a lot of confusion because you know as christians were reflecting on oh the silliness of the disciples they thought jesus was the king of israel and he was coming to establish the kingdom in might and power in a dr- dramatic way right there right but that's what you're talking about you're talking about the economy that god uses is a little leaven that leavens the whole lump a small stone that turns into a huge mountain you know like a, a small seed that l- turns into a that's how the kingdom of god progresses throughout history so the 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 one caution that i would have is Christ did come as a king to establish his kingdom on earth. The Jews weren't wrong about that. They were wrong about the means by which he was doing it. The the way that that kingdom came into the earth, that was the correction that Jesus offers. It's it's not immediate, but it's progressive in a proper biblical understanding. And how often do we compromise faithfulness to Christ, even as Christians, because we want immediate change rather than the hard work of doing the little leavening here in our lives and there and and then seeing faithfulness in the same direction for years on end bearing the, the, the fruit of righteousness. That's how the kingdom yeah, of God's work- built. It has to work from the ground up, from the lesser mm-hmm. to the greater, from the smaller yeah. to the bigger, yeah. not the other way around. You can't exactly. be the, the, the our, our operation cannot be. Let's get the right leaders who will pass mm-hmm. the right laws that'll fix all of the institutions so that my kids will be safe. That's the wrong order. It's mm-hmm. let me disciple my kids well so that they love the Lord and grow up to engage in the culture so that they can have a positive effect with the gospel in the hopes that more people will bow the knee to Christ so that they can then take that influence and that love of God and apply it in the political social realm in the hopes that we can raise up godly leaders and build godly institutions. We, we have to get the order right. And mm-hmm. Christmas reminds us about that order. It reminds Amen. us that the order is not top-down fixing. The order is ground-up building. This is mm-hmm. how the kingdom of God has grown. This is how we have to engage. So Christmas Christmas forces us to take stock of how we're living, of how we're dealing with our families. Do you pray with your kids? Do you study the Bible with your kids? Are you teaching your kids? Are you encouraging your kids? What about your wife? Are you pouring into her? Are you washing her with the word? Is church a priority or is church kind of F we have time as long as our hockey schedule doesn't interfere? Is it of mm-hmm. utmost importance to gather with the people of God? These matter. These all matter tremendously. And so today, today's December 21st. That means that in light of Christmas break, you the Lord has graciously given you two more weeks to figure out how to pull your kids out of state-funded Marxist indoctrination centers. He's given you a two-week <laughs> reprieve to figure it out. Oh, that's mm-hmm. not enough time. It, trust me. If if it were a matter of life and death, if it was I have two weeks to figure something out or my children will die, you'll figure it out. So if it's two weeks in order to save the souls of your children from further godless pagan indoctrination, figure it out. You have two weeks to say, I will take seriously the education of my children. 
and I will save their souls from godless ideologies and demonic worldviews. And I will, I will build, I will engage in the building of the kingdom in the small way, in the not very glamorous, sexy way, which is discipling and teaching my kids. Mm-hmm. And then we're building generations and generations. So it has to start, Christmas, Christmas reminds us that it has to start like that. And it has to be all year round. Don't just let Christmas come and go. Right, like I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be. Uh, yesterday, I released a blog post called "Oh Holy Night Indeed," and in it, I basically extrapolated other stuff we can learn from Christmas, other mm-hmm. than the incarnation, God revealing Himself through the Son, the atonement that will be provided for the sins of God's people. There are other things that we see in the incarnation, in the Christmas narrative, in the birth narrative of Christ that are to be applied to all of life all of the time, which means that the birth narrative in the incarnation is not something we celebrate for 40 days a year, and that's it. But it's, mm-hmm. it's like Easter. Who, who only celebrates the death and resurrection of Christ once a year? All year long, we should glory in the incarnation. Alex Klusterman and our friends over at the Dominion Podcast had an episode recently mm-hmm. where they talked about this. You should be singing Christmas hymns all year round. Mm-hmm. There's no reason you should only sing Joy to the World, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Come thou mm-hmm. long expected Jesus, angels from the realms of glory only for a couple weeks all year. You should yeah. be singing those all year long. Why? Because they point, all of them, they point to the fact that Jesus is king, that he came to this earth in a lowly and physically weak and vulnerable, humble estate in yeah. order to build his kingdom and reign as king and spread it out into the entire world through his church. You should be focusing on Christmas stuff all year round as you do the daily, um, laborious, not flashy work of discipling your kids mm-hmm. and of being engaged in a church. Well, Andrew, it's 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 funny that you mention songs like that because I was struck. My wife and I just went to um, go see Handel's Messiah uh, performed by the WSO, mm-hmm. and um, I think the CMU choir. It was it was a beautiful performance in a beautiful old Scottish Presbyterian church that is sadly under the thumb of the Synagogue of Satan with the United Church of Canada. Um, Knox is it's I mean it's it's a beautiful beautiful church I wish we still built churches like that um Handel is also a Christmas um supposedly a Christmas um opera but realistically what you see in the 53 different suites all of them scripture not one word is outside of scripture uh, is you see the promised prophecy of the coming Messiah, then you see him coming in his lowly estate as a, as a infant born to a virgin, but it doesn't end there. It, it, it moves into the Lordship of Jesus Christ, his reign and his rule. The fact that his, his law will go to the nations and it will bring a great light to the Gentiles and it will route the heathen nations. And, you know, and then it, it swells all the way to consummation. So it's like, well, this is just a kind of thing that we culturally do around Christmas. Handel understood that the incarnation Christmas was for a purpose that, that extends beyond just God coming down as Emmanuel, God with us, but it was for the purpose of 
leading to a new creation and uh, making the his lordship, his rule manifest on earth. And that's why in so many of the Christmas hymns we sing in this in this season, we're talking about the reign and rule of King Jesus and how from that will come peace to the earth. And why should we be surprised when we look at uh, the state of our world that has been actively throwing off the 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 shackles of Christ bursting asunder his cords like Psalm two, that the heathen nations are raging and the people are plotting in vain. It's amazing to me, Andrew, that, and this is the way that God works. His foolishness shames the wise, all these wise, sophisticated people who think that Christianity is a silly myth in their rebellion, they're proving the word of God true, right? And we live in a Psalm 2 moment, and that's really at the heart of the question that we're posing to people today. Are you going to kiss the sun? Are you going to give honor to Christ? Or are you going to perish in the way? Those are the mm-hmm. options that are before you. And choose wisely, dear friends, um, because you will be held accountable for how you choose. And um, that is, I think, the thing we must reflect on, that this child who came into this world as God with us, as Emmanuel, is a king. And his kingly Mm -hmm. rule matters, and it means something. And you need to choose today what king you will serve. That's our mm-hmm. call to all of you. Mm. Yeah, and if if you want to see, as I do, a nation in Canada, which, by the way, it's d- don't don't hope for anything in the next five years. What what we're talking <laughs> about is we're talking Long-term. about we're talking about a generation at least of having to replant seeds. I mean, we've cut all the trees down. We have mm-hmm. clear. We have we have essentially clear cut the Christian influence in our country and we are we are we are we are suffocating from the lack of oxygen we are dying because yeah, well, we can't so. breathe and what we need to do now is we need to plant seeds we need to plant trees trees take time now the interesting thing about trees is they have to be cared for and especially early on you you trample on it the wrong way it's done but we need to engage in the work of planting trees which is re instituting which is building in which is the re the resetting of a christian culture in our nation so it's going to take time Mm -hmm. but if you want to see as i hope to see the turnaround that maybe my kids and my grandkids can see western culture collapse and see that these godless ideologies will also collapse because they don't do no one other than christian culture builds everyone else just tears Mm -hmm. down and destroys so -hmm. if you want to see that if you want to see your kids and grandkids build then the question you have to ask yourself today is, will you bow and bring your gold, your frankincense, and your myrrh to the feet of King Jesus, which is your talents, your ability, your strength, your time, your very life is an offering to him in worship. Will you bring it and bow before him and say, he indeed is king, he is worthy, and will you live that way in your kids? With your with your spouse with your church in the community not will we get the right guy into power Mm -hmm. but will i 
in my heart and in my life bow before the great King Jesus and offer to him all that I have and then invest all that I am into my children, into my family, into my church, calling the lost to turn to faith in Christ. If you are willing to live that way, dear Christian, and vote that way, and spend that way, and educate that way, and create that way, and work that way, if you're willing to do that faithfully, and if we engage in that as believers in this country, and we hand that off to our children, then we can be certain that the Lord will bless that and that the Lord will use that for the good and flourishing of our nation. Not because we're prosperity preachers, but we have history behind us and we have the promises of God's word. If a nation would turn and humble themselves and come before him, then mm -hmm. what will he promise to do? Bless them. We're not word of faith, guys. We're just taking the truth of Scripture. That mm -hmm. if a nation top down, when Nineveh top down repented of their sin, what did the Lord do? Okay, destruction is, has been assuaged at least for 100 years. This, these are the promises of God for us. If we bow like those kings bow before, before Jesus did, and if we teach our kids to do the same, and we have lots of kids in the process, then we mm -hmm. can be hopeful that in a generation or two, we will see the fruit of that blessing in our nation. So let's work towards that the right way, not top down, bottom up, lesser to greater, smaller to bigger, from the ground out through obedience, through repentance, and through faithfulness to Christ. Absolutely. Oh, well, it, it was a wonderful year of podcasting with you, Andrew. And I uh, just yeah. want to highlight for everybody again, that in the new year, we do have an initiative that is starting up right away. And that is on January 14th, we have Biblical Sexuality Sunday. Um, and we will encourage you to go over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash biblical dash sexuality dash Sunday and learn more about the initiative. If you're a Pastor, we would ask that you would please consider uh, joining in with us and preaching on biblical sexuality on Sunday, January 14th, 2024. And if you're not a pastor, but you're just a lay person and you want to encourage your pastor to join in with us, please just send him the link, libertycoalitioncanada.com slash biblical dash sexuality dash Sunday. Please help us proclaim the truth of God's word um, and and trust with us, uh, hope with us that we'll see lives uh, transformed and the saints be encouraged and built up in their faith with the proclamation of the true gospel. So we would encourage Def you to defamation, do that. Defamation lawsuits be damned. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, we're getting more and more... Um, you know, clout for just showing the hypocrisy of the courts by their rulings. So hopefully, <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, definitely well, from us to you, from our family to yeah. from my family to you, with my two wonderful new newborns all decked out in their Christmas yeah, gear. God. Thanks to my wife, <laughs> I, I really do wish you, our our dear audience, a a blessed and merry mm -hmm. Christmas uh, and a wonderful end of this year. And and we can see yeah. you, Lord willing 
in 2024, and we are going to uh, we are going to go hard after the pagans, and we are going to go hard at advancing the kingdom of God into all corners of our country. So again, Merry Christmas to mm-hmm. all of you. Yes, God bless. Merry ha- Christmas. Happy New Year. I just want to leave you with these parting words from the hymn, Angels from the Realms of Glory. Though an infant, now we view him. He shall fill his father's throne, gather all the nations to him. Every knee shall then bow down. Come and worship. Come, Come and, and worship. worship. Come and worship. Worship, worship Christ, Christ the newborn King. Amen. Till next year. Galatians 5.1. Liberty Dispatch has been brought to you in partnership with Liberty Coalition Canada and Christian Week and has been produced by SDG Media. You can find all things Liberty Coalition Canada at libertycoalitioncanada.com.